Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I'm beginning to think that after a two-day yontif, we should have two days of fasting. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach. Yoni's making a face of me, but that's because I didn't fast yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison, right before Nachum's live lunch. Yoni Pollock is behind the board. Hello, Houston. Good morning. You see what the problem with that is? <laughs> it's, it's actually not because you fasted. It's just that, like... It, I didn't... Right. I'm being honest. I did not fast. But everyone yeah. has that same logic. And then it's just like once you're, it's like 12 o'clock during that fast, you're like, yeah, I could have done without this fast day. Right. <laughs> it's like you start getting, you want that sandwich. You're like, uh, what was I thinking? I thinking want you, that last night. I want you to know, I saw an article last night that said that if you fast for 72 straight hours, it resets your immune, immune system. Takes that long? I don't know. I'm looking at it going, yeah, if you fast for three days, you're going to die. Right. But whatever. Don't you need water Forget your immune system. Wow. You're gonna die. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And then you know what intermittent fasting is? Mm, is that like Ramadan kind of? Good. Yes, but no. Intermittent fasting is a diet plan where you eat for eight hours of the day and you fast for the rest of the day. So. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you get all of your nutrients in between those eight hours. Right. You do like eleven to seven or something. Something like that, like that or you you know, or I think that's I think eight hours is for men and like twelve hours is for women or something it's not like fair. that. Well. Hi. Yeah. We birth the children. That's we get true. to eat longer. Um, but you can you can actually it's called it's it's a whole diet look into that. philosophy. That yeah. I, I know a bunch of people who have done it and who have been successful. Right. Um there's logic to it. There is logic to it. You don't need to eat at ten o'clock at night. Right. And people say, Oh, just don't eat don't eat after eight. Don't eat after six. Seems to be getting earlier yeah. every single ate time. At, I ate at two AM last night. I came home last night at a quarter to 10 and downed like two pints of rice. <laughs> of rice? Yeah. Because two pints of rice. Because like I'll tell you why. I'll like tell you what happened. <laughs> because we had ordered uh, takeout for my kids mm-hmm. for dinner. I was not going to be home last night. And of course, there's always leftover. When you get Chinese food, there are two, three things that are leftover. Right. There are the fortune cookies, mm-hmm. of which I now have plenty. Yes. Yes. Um, there are Chinese noodles. Okay. Which I bet I, I really want to know. Do any Chinese eat those noodles? <laughs> um, point, yeah. yeah. And then there's always pints of rice. Right. So that's it. I'm like, white rice, I'm in. And that was it. Me, a spoon, and uh, some white rice. That's funny. It Sounds like a Nahum thing to do also. Pints of white rice. <sighs> yes. It, and it was not one of my finer moments. Like, I should have just had some water and just gone to bed. Oh, same, I was yeah. exhausted. I ate those pretzels last night, Are, but did I just you, needed something. Oh, I was going to ask you if you woke up Flashix. Mm, no, I had cereal to break my fast. I know, but I'm saying at 2 o'clock in the morning when you ate. Yeah, it just was, no, I wasn't. Thank God. Yeah. Because, you know, that always makes me, that's, to <laughs> me, that's like super icky. Um, let's do the fortune cookie, courtesy of my takeout dinner last night. Um, here we go. Respect for others is peace. Respect for yourself is happiness. All right. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. I buy that. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, let's do the inter- let's do the national holidays. It's International Chocolate Day. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, it's also National Peanut Day. Combine those two together, and it's National Mister Goodbar Day. It's not really. I just mm-hmm. made that up. But I figured that you could be making two mitzvahs together right. and just do Chocolate Day and Peanut Day together. I don't know if, if that was a look into or the live ones with the Mr. Goodbar, but it's not. No, it's okay. not. There's nothing Mr. Goodbar <laughs> happening, and and I actually have a lot of ideas for the live lunch. I gotta I gotta figure it all out. It's also Scooby Doo Day. Cool. Yeah. Were you a Scooby Doo fan? Not really. No. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why. But like my my good That's friends disturbing. were into it, and I'd go over there and they'd watch it. I just never got into and it. And I think we were friends. But I also didn't have cable growing up, so I didn't have cable growing up. Was there Scooby Doo not on cable? Yes. Know. Really? Of course. Then I totally. So you don't. I, I can't even do the whole who was your favorite character thing. Uh, Scooby. 
No, that's not the right answer. The right answer is Shaggy, but shaggy, whatever. Okay. Uh, it's Roald Dahl Day. Do you okay. know who that is? No. Oh, Yoni. Did you say Rolo Dahl? No, <laughs> Roald, R-O-A-L-D, Dahl, yeah. the author. James oh, and the Giant. Was an author. I thought it was Jay- like an actual doll. Wow. Oh, D-A-H-L. So far oh, Vine of Shalom. Yeah. Um, seriously, that's a horror. <laughs> like, actually, I have no that's idea. That's a horror. I don't want Now we're in a fight. Um, if there was anyone else here to engineer, I would <laughs> yeah. just ask them to take over. But no. It's also Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day. Fine. That's on a cool. Thursday it night. It should be on a Friday. Right. Go- no, no, no. Friday's a little too stressful. Okay, fine. Right. I like that. That's a good point. Right. Friday night. Uh, it's fine. It's also National Programmers Day. Nice. It's always, you should know, I'm sorry, it's always the 256th day of the year, Yoni. National <laughs> Programmers always, yeah. Day. I'm oh, sorry, okay, guys. I'm that. sorry, guys. That's that's a little it's bit. It's also like election day, no? Some, some it's sort primary of... day. Right. Okay. That's what it right. is. Right. It's Democratic primary day um, here in New York. And, uh, I just saw like voting things. So I was just like. Yeah, they I didn't give you a sticker. I thought it was always Tuesdays also. Today's Thursday. Right, like, that's a thing. We'll discuss it during the live lunch. This oh, is okay. more Nahum. Fine, 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 fine. This is more Nahum than me. But now I know that for your birthday, I'm going to have to buy you the Roald Dahl um, library. I'll act like I like it. James and the Giant Peach. You weren't a fan? Don't know what that is. What? James and the Giant Peach. <sighs> I don't know. All right, now yeah. I got to talk to somebody else now. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network, and I'm pleased to welcome back Joanna Shebson from Fun in Jerusalem, also a huge Roald Dahl fan, and if she's not, she is now. Um, with the Sukkot Guide, the Fun in Jerusalem Guide to Sukkot is, I'm going to find out if it's coming available, if we're getting a heads up, if we're getting a sneak peek. Joanna, what's it like? Hey, Miriam. How you doing? I am well. So, what's the? So, is it out yet, or it's not out yet? It is at the printers, printing right now, and uh, should be out by the beginning of next week. Unbelievable. So, what year? First of all, are you a, were you a Roald Dahl fan growing up? Yes. Thank God, and you are I, now. I that, do know who he was. Thank yeah. you, and and you watched <laughs> you watched Scooby Doo, correct? I did watch Scooby Doo. I think Yoni might be too young for Scooby Doo. That could be the reason he didn't watch. That was really nice of you, but no, that's not the answer. But anyway, let's go back to the let's go back to the Sukkot guide. So it's at the printer. It's incredibly exciting. Is what number guide is this for you? What year is this? This is the fourteenth issue we've done. In the beginning, we used to do it more as like a like a foldable brochure, and now it's a full thirty-two page magazine because we've got so many great things to promote. I mean, in a million years, Joanna, would you have ever expected that sentence to come out of your mouth? <laughs> no, and it's so funny when you you know start up a blog and an internet business to then go back to print. At the end of the day, people sitting in a hotel lobby on Yontif or Shabbos want to slip through a magazine. Yeah, Nachum Siegel can speak to that. We talk about that all the time, the importance of having a presence both in print media and online. One does not discount the other for sure. And when you're looking at a broad base, as you are, and as the people who have contacted you know through Fun in Jerusalem, that that every opportunity to reach a market is 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 a is a, an avenue to take for sure so that's why we've got a printed magazine we have an online uh, flippable magazine that you can see on your phone we've got a whatsapp version of the magazine and then we've got all the events listed on the website so we really try to reach you wherever you want to be reached and where and what new um, i'm sure that there are 
there are family favorites, so to speak, or annual favorites that people are going to find in the guide, whether it's the um, the workshop in Alon Shvud or whether it's Patma Melach, which are both segments we've heard about through you and your contribution on Bite Size. What are there going? What are people going to be able to see in this guide that they've never seen before in previous issues? Well, I guess we could start off with the cover. There's going to be a big um, fair called the Aleph Fair at First Station on Israfaz on the Tuesday, um, raising money for Aleph, which um, helps Israel's disabled. Sure. And they're going to have very unique vendors and entertainers, and it's just going to be a load of fun. That's so, that's, that's incredible. That's yeah. We are big fans of Aleph. They were part. They were our presenting sponsor. Sorry, at the Celebrate Israel Parade, and uh, Dove Hirth and his entire team at Aleph truly do God's work. I mean, it's an incredible facility. Um, I've had the opportunity to be at the Jerusalem one. Have not yet been to the Negev, though I've been invited. Um, and Aleph does great work. Yeah, definitely. And this is going to be a fun way to bring people out, tourists and locals, to support Aleph. A hundred percent. So what else do we have going on that we've never seen before? Um, we also have a new art gallery that I absolutely love. It's run by this young guy named Svi, and it was his passion. He had an art gallery in Svat, and he brought it to the First Station. And he is going to be having a big grand opening celebration, and he's bringing in one of his favorite artists, her name is Tovi, to do mandala workshops, but not for kids, mandala workshops for adults teaching them kind of the art of mandala and Judaica. What is mandala? A mandala is, oh, good, now I can say I know something new. <laughs> 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 um, how do I describe a mandala? Mandala is a repeated pattern. Okay, I can't, I'm, I'm having a little trouble, I'm having a little trouble hearing you now. Oh, it's a repeated pattern. Okay. It's usually a circle. It may actually have to be a circle. And it's a bunch of colors that repeat and design elements that repeat. And it's something that's meant to be mystical and very soothing to do, to create a mandala. So she makes mandalas with Judaica themes and Judaica psukim on them. Oh, that's interesting. So, wow. Okay, that's really interesting. So what are the kids going to do while the parents are at this workshop? Well, the great thing is it's going on at the exact same time as the Fair, And it's in the same location. So the kids can be playing with the jugglers and the clowns and and the fun entertainment while the parents are learning about mandalas. That's very it's cool. Tuesday. It's amazing, by the way, what is going on at First Station and how it has turned into just like, uh, I don't know if you would just call it this cultural center, but to me it's almost like the equivalent of like an old, like a, an out-of-town JCC. It's almost become like a center for everything and for everyone. And while there's no pool, like you might expect at a JCC, there is, um, there. it really reaches all demographics that you can come as a family and all have something to do. It's true, and it's actually a really unique location because a lot of the programming is targeted towards locals and getting the local community out together to do something, but then they also have tourist activities during the high tourist season. So it's really a mix. How have you seen, I mean, since since the beginning of, since the, uh, the birth, so to speak, of the first station, how have you seen the landscape of Jerusalem change. You know, there there's always a there had always been a criticism that while while Jerusalem is great, it's not one community. You know, there are individual areas, etc., that all have their own personalities. But whereas you can go outside of Jerusalem and really feel a community, um, you know, really have a community feel here in Jerusalem, it's more splintered. Have you seen that change since the birth of the first station? Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. I think the community centers have gotten a lot stronger and their programming has gotten more exciting. A lot of the things will take place at First Station. And you may see like a Kabbalat Shabbat geared towards religious and irreligious, you know, happening there. You might see activities um, on every holiday, every special, whether it's Yom Atzmaut, Yom Azikaron, there's always a community event going on there. And it could be anything from dancing, singing, to poetry. So it really reaches everyone. That's incredible. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Joanna Shepson of Fun in Jerusalem. It's funinjerusalem.com. If you're heading to Israel next week or uh, you know, sometime before Sukkot or you're even heading there before Yom Kippur, if you're lucky enough, you should certainly contact Joanna through funinjerusalem.com. Check out all the opportunities that will be available to families visiting Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. And you can certainly book a variety of different activities through hers. Speaking of fun activities, there are the stalwarts, there are the go-to activities, the jeeping and the rappelling and all of those kinds of activities that are still available this year. Yes, definitely. And also the Sukkot concerts. Like right. Every year Sukkot is when we wait for these concerts. So there's Benny Friedman, who's going to be doing a concert to support the Friendship Circle. Um, the Friendship Circle is an organization that pairs teenagers with children with special needs to bring them more into the community. There's a Hitzala concert that's going to be on Thursday at Holomide at Binyanehuma. There's uh, the Moshav County Fair, which is going to be Wednesday at Holomide. One second, I'm, lo- I'm losing you. The Moshav Fair is when? The Moshav Fair is on Wednesday. Great. And it has a whole lineup of musicians. Um, yeah, everything from the Solomon Brothers to Shlomo Katz. You'll see them all there. Yeah, they're not so far apart, those two, but they are is um, but they're a tremendous talent, all of them. That's for sure. And that that um, Moshav uh, fair that happens all day. It happens from twelve o'clock till nine o'clock. That's. That's that's enough of all day. That certainly considers a full day activity. You know, one thing I noticed, by the way, and you can tell me that they just changed their names is Tomo Candy. Yes, it's my favorite candy company, which was Lollipop. Okay. And the owners of Lollipop created this incredible product where you come in, make have a workshop, make your own candies, whatever flavors you wanted, and customized. And they actually had to move back to the Ukraine where they came from. And so they sold the company, and the new owner, his name is, he goes by Tomo Candy, but it's the same fun workshop that Lal and Pop used to do. They had to move back to the Ukraine? They did for, it was like a business decision. They, they, were, they were very, very highly trained. Um, he was a food scientist. Right. And he was a very highly trained accountant, and her, their degrees just didn't convert here in Israel. Wow. It was, it was a sad Aliyah story, yeah. We hope they're going to come back soon. A hundred percent. Wow. That is, I, I will tell you, for, for people who have done that activity, um, who were part of Lal and Pop, and, and, and you can go and you can obviously do Tomo Candy instead, It's a. it, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you have absolutely no skills, because frankly, how many people do you know have candy making skills? Um, but exactly. it is it, it is a super fun activity that also um, has that educational element to it because you learn how sugar melts and different temperatures, etc., and the whole science behind candy making, which is really quite extraordinary. They also use all 
healthy ingredients. I mean, other like they use pure sugar, but there are no additives, no food colorings that aren't natural. Right. So it's actually really interesting. Right. That was also a lot of fun. Um, you know, I didn't notice, and and you got to tell me if I just missed it. Is there no kite festival this year? There is a kite festival. Um, let's just double check which day it's on. Because the kite festival, made- the kite festival for those people who have been a part of it, the kite festival over Sukkot, um, which takes place or has taken place at the Israel Museum, is a. It's really a phenomenal experience because, I mean, besides the fact that literally you have hundreds of people who are just flying kites, and yes, you can buy kites on location if you do not own a kite to bring with you, um, but it's beautiful. And I would also imagine that in light of the climate over the summer where kites were being used for horrific purposes, it's probably even more so, even more important this year to look and to enjoy you know, the, the, the beauty and the fun of flying a kite, just that child, uh, you know, that childhood experience of flying a kite in in the way God intended, frankly, and in the, the healthy and fun way that we all remember it. It's true. And the Kite Festival combines some famous kite flyers who will come out and fly kites around 4 o'clock in the afternoon at the Israel Museum and also kite-making workshops. Um, it will be listed in the calendar on, on the Sukkot guide. I just don't have the most updated version in front of me, so I can't remember offhand which night, it, which day it is, but it is on Cholamoy. Okay, good. But at least we know it exists. Yes, that's definitely. That's great. Have your kids, by the way, speaking as a parent um, of three children living in Jerusalem, I mean, have you seen a change in your kids, you know, from, you know, let's say again, you know, kite making activities or kite flying activities being that they were used by terrorists for terrorist activities? Have you seen a change in your children in terms of their interaction with that kind of a normal everyday childhood experience? You know, the truth is I haven't seen it. In some ways, when you live through it, it's just become something you're used to that every day there was another message on the, you know, on the WhatsApp or, or on the news about another burning kite that landed. And the truth is, like, you become immune to it. And it's terrible because it's affecting the lives of the farmers. It's destroying their crops completely. So the kids here sort of they just got used to it. Right. Right. Well, we're looking to turn that around and to be part of a fun fight. Fun kite festival. I was going to say fight festival. Right. Fun fun (laughs) kite festival. This Sukkot. Joanna Shepson joined us. She's at funinjerusalem.com. It was all her brainchild at funinjerusalem.com. It started as a blog and has blossomed into this. It's really quite extraordinary. Of course, you can book all of these activities and the activities included in this year's Sukkot guide as soon as it comes out by going to funinjerusalem.com. And booking through Joanna, everything, again, is available there. I also, by the way, just want to make mention um, of the the number of artists and art-related activities and workshops that are available. Besides the one that we mentioned at the beginning, um, you know, there are... There are there's tremendous artistic talent in Israel. Yes, we talk about Israeli food and Israeli cuisine and Israeli winemaking, all of which have workshops as well over Sukkot. But let's take for a second, besides the art workshops, the actual art that is available for purchase and the level of art that is available in Israel. Well, one of the things I also love is every piece of art in Israel has a story. 
and the inspiration behind the piece of art, and the artist wants to share that. So if you go to the artist colony, Hutsoto Yotzer, you'll see that you can walk into any studio, speak to any of the artists. Um, two of my favorite artists there are Adina Gat, who I've known since I was a little, little girl, and she designed our chuppah. Wow. And um, Sari Strulovich, who makes gorgeous silver, Judaica. And they, they have amazing stories to tell you about what inspired their pieces. So it becomes an activity. It's not just a shopping trip. That is, that's a, that, that's a true, like, Israeli, you know, what, only in Israel kind of a thing, right? Where you're not just getting a piece of art, but you're getting the, you're, you're meeting the person and you're getting the inspiration or the story behind it. That is, that's an only in Israel moment. Yeah, and then when you use that piece of art and you bring it home, it's much more than just a souvenir. It's got a whole story and life to it. Right, 100%. I want to also just um, just confer with you that there are, yes, it's fun in Jerusalem, and there are a lot of Jerusalem-related activities that are obviously included in the guide. However, outside of Jerusalem, not just the um, not just the Moshav Festival, but outside of Jerusalem, including in uh, the Gush Etzion area, etc., there is so much to do. So if people want to go north, if people want to go south, they shouldn't hesitate. There is plenty to do all through Sukkot. For sure. I, I mean, I love promoting all the activities in Gush Etzion because it's really thriving. There's the Summit Technology Workshop, which teaches you about halacha and technology. That is, like, so unique to Israel. You've got to go on that tour. Or there's the Exotic Animal Experience, which is in deeper into the Gush, run by Shlomo, who it's like a whole interactive petting zoo um, with stories, basically. And, and now we just actually added a new activity called Holy Cacao, which is a behind-the-scenes gourmet chocolate factory tour. And that's in Pnei Hever, which is right near the Hebron Hills. Wow. Absolutely incredible. So you don't have to go all the way up north to do something with chocolate. You can stay in, you know, the central part of Israel. For sure. For sure. And there are a lot of great places to stop and eat along the way. The Gush has so many great restaurants, including Pat Bamelach opened their own Dairy Cafe, they're going to have a sukkah, and um, the Hamama is an amazing restaurant that'll have a sukkah, so you could spend the whole day in the gush and come back in the evening. Unbelievable. I, th- I think one of my favorite moments was when we were in Israel for Sukkot a number of years ago, and we stopped at a gas station, and the gas station had a sukkah, and we were like, of course it does, because it's Israel, and that is an only in Israel moment. Funinjerusalem.com, Joanna Shevson, I wish you a gmar tova, an easy and meaningful fast, a good year for you you and for yours and of course the uh the online version will be available starting sunday yeah i hope so yeah it'll be available at funinjerusalem.com slash sukkot s-u-k-k-o-t funinjerusalem.com slash sukkot joanna always an absolute pleasure and continued hatzlacha this is it is amazing to watch to to have been a witness i should say to the evolution and the growth of fun in jerusalem so call a vote to you you see, I have to produce a magazine now all the time so that I have what to say on the radio with you. Oh, please. You and I Perfect. can talk about nothing. That's not a problem. <laughs> all right. My best. Right, so bring, bring me some fortune cookies. You got it, honey. I'll see you, please, God, next week. Okay. Thanks so much. Have you, a good day. My pleasure. That's life. You've been listening to That's Life here. <laughs>
<laughs> You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I had to just get my train of thought back, but I'm back. I'm back. Uh, the live lunch starts immediately after this program, hosted by Nahum Siegel. That'll begin at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We have a bunch of things to discuss, including Mordechai Shapiro's interview from this morning. For those of you who were not privy or, or did not get to listen to the interview with Mordechai Shapiro this morning, Nahum discussed with Mordechai the filming of the video for the Friends single. And uh, we're going to discuss that further coming up at just around 11 o'clock. And a full afternoon of programming continues after the live lunch. It's Throwback Thursday at 1 p.m. It is an encore of Jay and Rewind at 4 p.m. And, of course, the Erev Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zomik, brought to you by our friends at Kedem, starts at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I am told insider information that this is the most Parsha-relevant Erev Shabbos show ever, including some Yom Kippur um, selections. So I certainly am looking forward to that program today. And then tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts JM and the AM from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And at the conclusion of JM and the AM, join Naomi for Table for Two. Stay tuned as you enjoy the Kedem Erev Shabbos show starting at 10 a.m. That's the encore of tonight's presentation. And then the Arab Shabbos music mix continues up until candlelighting here in the New York area. Rummy hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Mozeh Shabbat starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. And Matis hosts JM Sunday as he has been seamlessly since its inception this Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern time. I am closing with an Avrami selection. It's off of the Yes Legacy album. It's called Sukkot in Jerusalem. This one is covered by Soul Farm. Our good friends at Soul Farm do an unbelievable version of Sukkot in Jerusalem. I wish everyone a Gemar Chatimatova. My best wishes to you and to yours. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Sukkot in Jerusalem. Everybody builds their sukkah walls Little children decorate Cutouts and pictures large and small Palm branches let a bit of light in When it's dark they even let the night in Temporary dwellings for you and me Soul comes down from heaven And goes into the body of a baby And every footstep that it takes Is judged with yes or no Or maybe Love and faith Let's a bit of light in It's the life we find that's so exciting Temporary dwellings For you and me
Temporary dwellings for 